and thank you for tuning into the PMDD podcast. My name is Adriana, and firstly, I want to express how grateful I am for everyone listening in and sharing the previous episodes. Before we get straight into the next episode, a disclaimer. I am warning listeners that there may be sensitive topics surrounding mental health and health procedures. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. In today's episode, we have Kate. I am very excited to have Kate come on and share her story. We connected via one of the Facebook groups and Kate actually was one of the, well, she was actually the first person to comment um, on my posting about the podcast. I'm really thrilled that you're here, Kate. You're so brave and courageous to come forward and share your story. Uh, Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Adriana. It's lovely to be here. It was great to see your podcast. It's great that the message is getting out. Thank you. When did you first hear about PMDD? Well, PMDD was not something I discovered until probably nine years ago, and that was after doing a lot of my own research and self-diagnosing myself. So I'm 44 years old now. So I've had, I realise now that I've had PMDD for a good 30 years. So I began that around the time I was 14 or 15. And, you know, before understanding what it was, I just thought this is just what happened to you every month and this is just what women went through and it was just my lot. And then as things got worse, I thought I was a little bit crazy. (laughs) Uh, So there was a lot of research there by myself, you know, a lot of Googling. Um, and coming to my own conclusions. So, yeah, that's how I found out about PMDD. Mm-hmm. So so what symptoms were you having? Did you notice them? Yeah, what were you having at 14, 15, or was it something that you sort of clicked on later on? Yeah, I probably put the pieces of the puzzle together later on. Like to begin with, I probably thought it was just what happened, you know, for women and their cycles. But I, looking back, you know, it's always very emotional, like very, very teary, like overly teary, just cry at anything, <laughs> you know. Someone could just look at me the wrong way and I'd think that they just thought horrible things about me and I'd just be in tears, you know. I'd, um, things like I used to do waitressing when I was younger and it would cause me a lot of anxiety and I'd shake all the time just taking plates and things out and, um yeah, socially, like even going out socially in my early 20s, etc., I'd just be crying at the most inappropriate times and just not be able to socialise with people. <laughs> and I think they must be thinking, what is wrong with that person? Um, and then, yeah, I guess things got progressively worse as well. Um, there was yeah, always a lot of anxiety, a lot of tears. You know, I think that moment I remember myself being on the shower floor in the fetal position that's when I kind of wondered what the hell is going on here. Like this is not normal to feel like this and to be so extreme. So for me, I have two weeks of feeling uh, really good myself in alignment and two weeks of feeling like I'm not myself. So those two weeks of hell. (laughs) Yeah, so I think I just put all the pieces together slowly 
and just knew something wasn't right. So you said that two weeks are good and two weeks Mm. are bad. Are you tracking your cycles? Yeah. So I guess, and we'll probably, you know, touch on this a little bit more soon, I'm sure, but I, I do feel in a much better place now than what I was. But it was, yes, I did begin to track it. I did begin to realise that, hey, like I'm feeling crap for two weeks and I'm feeling good for two. Like It's obviously to do with my cycles. And even now, even though it's uh, more controlled for me, I noticed around my time of ovulation, that's a time where I get really spacey. I get, I still get forgetful. So there were, probably, you know, other symptoms as well. Um, I will get a little bit teary sometimes, a bit grumpier, short and snappy. So, um, yeah, the time of ovulation. Usually, once I begin my bleed, I'm okay. Um, but it just depends. Yeah, but for me, it's those two weeks. Does it come on gradually? Does it come on quickly? The change? Yeah, it comes on. It can come on pretty quickly, actually. Like one day you can, I can just be fine, like on a real high. And the next day I'll be like, oh, crap. It must be like I actually track it now on, you know, one of the apps, many apps that are out there that we can track our cycles on. And I get on there and I have a look. Yep, ovulation's coming in, you know, a couple of days or yep, I'm in ovulation. So I just know, yeah. And my partner's pretty good at knowing that now, too. So he just goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> Yes, we will definitely Mm. be speaking more about your partner soon. Yes. You did say that you were diagnosed nine years ago. Nine years ago, is that right? Nine years, yeah. So can you you go through that process? So for me, it was a process of self-diagnosis. And I had previous to probably, actually probably even previous to that, I hadn't diagnosed diagnosed myself with PMDD but I knew something was going on with my cycles and I had seen a naturopath she had given me some supplements that that worked when I took them it worked fairly well but it wasn't a long-term solution for me Um, and then things happen in life like I had children had a whole lot of stuff happen in life um, and things became worse so I actually spoke to my GP and I'm really fortunate that I had a really good GP a female GP And straight up when I mentioned I think it could be PMDD, she's like, yes, that's actually a thing. And so I've heard so many stories on the groups we're in, et cetera, of people saying that that's just not the case for them, that they've had to fight with their GP to get them to recognise it, particularly male um, GPs. So I'm very fortunate that she recognised it. She knew which of the, um, you know, kind of antidepressant, anti-anxiety medications would be best for PMDD. Um, and that's what she put me on, which is fluoxetine or Lovan, which she put me on. And that's all I've ever been on. I've also been fortunate not to have to swap and change. That's been the one that's worked for me. Yeah. You did mention pregnancies. So how mm-hmm. many children do you have? Yeah, so I have um, two children. So I'd had a miscarriage and then two children. So I have two boys that are 11 and 13. Um I didn't actually notice with any of those pregnancies a difference with the PMDD. Looking back, I do think that I did suffer a bit of postnatal depression with my first child, I think it was. Could even be my second. Memory's a bit faint now. But I do remember, you know, having many days where I could have just stayed in bed all day. And I wonder whether that made me more prone to that. Um, But, yeah, things have been good. And then, of course, there's been things in life that have, added to it as well um, I know I've mentioned to you before in our pre-conversations that 
I had, for me, part of my story, and we all have a story, part of my story was that um, I lost my mum and my sister-in-law to breast cancer within a 20-month period. So it was a very... Um, very sad time for me a lot of time of giving my my time and my energy to other people which I don't regret at all um, and at the same time my husband had taken himself off of alcohol and become alcohol free after a good probably 15 years and so I returned to this person that I didn't really recognize so I had a lot of relationship stuff to go through at the same time as grieving And this probably was a time that really impacted me the most with PMDD. I just found my emotions were all over the place. And now at that point, having young children and having outbursts at certain times in front of them, I just felt I can't do this anymore. And I just realised that I couldn't go on surviving and not living. Like I really was just surviving, surviving those two weeks to get to the next two weeks and surviving those two weeks to get to the next two weeks. And I could never get ahead of myself, you know, I could never never really kind of evolve and grow myself either because I was always just surviving in those two weeks. So that's when I decided that I had to do something and get on the pharmaceutical medication, even though that's not something I have did lightly. Um, and I've had to do a lot of work around that as well, around accepting that that's my path at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that is a lot to take on. Um, I mean, during that time when it was, there was a few things going on with family Mm -hmm. and your partner, maybe dive in a little deeper in Mm -hmm. describing what those two weeks looked like. Uh, Just really, I felt like all the walls were coming in on me. You know, it was just um, a real, it was just a time of coping. Everything was difficult. You know, like just relationships were difficult, socialising is difficult, um, you know, even just work would become difficult because I'd try and hide my my t- my tears at li- tiny little things that would set me off. Um, everything just became really difficult. It really was just survival weeks is just how I'd put it. So, yeah, mm. <laughs> that's the only way I can describe it. I was just surviving those weeks. So now you're on medication and that's obviously been helping. What else has sort of helped you um, survive, get out of survival? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm glad you asked that because it really has been a whole series of things. Um, And I'm I'm someone that's into natural health. So like I said, I used to see naturopaths. I've always been into natural health and it was, a big thing for me to go on pharmaceutical medication, I felt like I was failing by doing that, you know, and I now know that I wasn't failing myself doing that. It was something that was necessary for my survival. Um, and I kind of, I, and I just want to say there that I think that's really important for everyone to understand that if you feel like you failed in an attempt to help yourself with this, it's by no means failure. It's just feedback for what is working for you or what isn't. And don't give up, you know, keep going. There's something out there for you and we're all different. So for me, it was about taking that medication at full dose. And then I really got stuck into my own self-development, which which was a part of losing my mum and my sister-in-law, the way I viewed life change. And I decided I want to change. So I've, I've been a teacher for over 20 years and I decided I wanted to change that as well. So for me, I was fortunate to do a a couple of things that helped. One was 
I've become a coach, so for want of a better word, a life coach. I call myself a self-healing facilitator and coach, mainly of women. And in doing my training for that, I've actually been able to release a lot of my old emotions and limiting beliefs, which I think has really helped me. Because one of the things that I always got in my hell weeks was I would be in screaming fits at my husband about certain things, yelling at him about certain things, and in tears about certain things that he was doing, wasn't doing, etc. And he'd always say to me, This is just because you, you know, this is just because you're premenstrual. Like this is never a problem any other time. And I'd kind of, and I'd always say to him, Yes, it is, but I just don't say it. That's all. It's always there. I just don't say it. <laughs> Get even more cross at him. And to some extent, I think that was actually true. Like it was always, those feelings were always within me. There were old emotions about hurts and things that were in me that would emerge at that time. So now that I've actually had time to deal with those and release those, you know, I have strategies to keep myself calmer all the time. So I'm more in alignment with myself in that way all the time. So I think that's really helped. The other thing that's really helped me is doing my own research into healing myself in natural ways. So um, I'm quite into juicing and juice fasting. And I've gone from, you know, eating meat to eating a plant-based diet only over the last couple of years. And I think those things have really helped me as well, um, just cleaning out those toxins inside my body. And so a good point there is when I did my first juice fast, which was a 21-day juice fast, I weaned myself off of my medication altogether. And I was feeling great. I felt great for the first month. It was fantastic. I was like, this is awesome. I've got the toxins out of my body. You know, you beauty, I found the natural way. Um, And then the second month came and it was just terrible. You know, I remember sitting out on my front porch just in tears, just didn't know what was wrong. My husband was like, what's going on? You know, you need to do something about this. This is not okay. And um, you can't not be on your medication. And I had a real dilemma about it. I actually... You know, I spoke to a coach about it. I spoke to friends about it, about do I take the medication? Do I not take medication? And those those thoughts of I've failed myself. I wanted to be medication-free. I've failed myself. To now being completely okay understanding that for me now I need to take this medication. I've managed to drop it down to half of my dose. So I take half a tablet of the Levan every day or every other day because sometimes I forget. But for me, that's what I need now to survive. It doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way, but now that's what I need, you know. So, but I guess that's my my kind of wish for everyone too, not in, not in people that's have PMDD. I want everyone to get back to the true essence of who they are. But, you know, the other message that came through to me, I'm quite spiritual too, so the other message that came through to me the other night in in the middle of the night I had to get up and write down for this was that, you know, I just want everybody to know that you are not PMDD. Mm. You know, you are so much more than that. And it's really hard to not realise that when you have your hell weeks, whether it be mm. two weeks, three weeks, one week, because it's so intense. It's so intense. We know, everybody knows that that flip is so intense mm. from who you normally are. And I remember being in that space. I remember being in that two weeks of good, two weeks of bad, that I, I couldn't move forward. I was just stuck. But it doesn't need to be that way, you know. You just need to try different things for you and find what works. And there's no judgment from anyone and no, this is right, this is wrong. It's just different for everybody. So just don't give up. (laughs) I'm really 
grateful that you really explained your story and your experience with the medication because you're exactly right it works for some people and for others it doesn't work and we really do need to find what works for each and every one of us so thank you I would love to next chat about your partner tell me how long have you been together for so we've actually been together a very, very long time, almost as long as I've had PMDD. I hope that's not a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've actually been together since we're about 16, you know, and I feel I've had PMD probably since I was about 14. So, yeah, so we've been together a long time. Wow. And, and in that time, you know, I was actually just writing a post about this the other day, you know, in that time he has supported me through my PMD DD. I've supported him through his addiction with alcohol and coming off of that. Mm. And it's actually only now, like the more I talk about PMDD and people like you bring it to the surface, the more I realise how much he's actually had to put up with as well. You know, there I was in my little victim state going, oh, woe is me, I had to put up with you. (laughs) Actually, he's had to deal with a lot for me as well. And there are many times he could have just walked um, and I think that was one of the contributing factors as well. Like we've been married nearly 20 years. One of the contributing factors of getting on medication was he did say at one point that if you don't do something, then I don't know that we can keep going. So, yeah, it was a lot for him to deal with. <laughs> but he has all these years. Mm. So, yeah, so you can maintain relationships as well when you have those wonderfully understanding partners, yeah. Mm. I mean, is there anything that he does during those times to, you know, be able to support you and comfort you? Because it sounds like he does. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think communication is really key. And I think what has been important is his understanding, you know, like I've explained to him too, that there are things I just can't control and he knows there are things I can't control. He knows I'm doing what I can now to control it. And he's very aware. So, I know quite a while back I had to make, you know, comments to him about please don't just say, oh, it's just because you've got PMS or stuff like that, you know. He knows not to say those kind of things now. (laughs) So he's very good at knowing what not to say, when to be around me, when to give me my space, when to whatever. And I communicate that now too, you know. I'll say I just need some time tonight. I just need to go and meditate. Like that's another thing I do. I meditate quite a bit as well. So I'll say I just need to go and meditate. I need to be by myself or I can't think tonight, my head's all foggy, I'm going to need you to sort out the kids, whatever. So just communication like that I think is really, really important. Yeah. So far the common theme to be able to regulate the partnerships is for the person that is dealing with their PMDD symptoms is that time and space, Mm. how they need that alone time so yeah yeah, so it's just interesting that that's becoming a regular a regular theme I thought it was just me (laughs) (laughs) there you go (laughs) we've spoken about your partner is there anyone else uh, family friends that have supported you during this time it's not really been something that I've spoken a lot about. And again, I feel like it's something from here on in I'm going to speak more about, you know, seeing your podcast the other day, I was like, yeah, well, and, and I'm at a place now where I don't feel vulnerable sharing things with people because of all the work, you know, work I've done. Mm. I don't really care about other people's judgment. Like I care about people, but I don't care what they say about me. Mm. So 
I'm more and more open to sharing and making people aware now, you know, now that I'm more aware. Because for so many years I just kind of suffered and and didn't tell people. Like I made excuses, you know, if I was crying in the, at a most inappropriate time, I'd be like, oh, don't worry, it's just me. I cry all the time. Or, oh, I just am a bit anxious, you know. Whereas now I could, if I was in that situation, I could actually say and explain more particularly to people like work colleagues, you know, I could explain more. You know, there's been days where I've missed missed work and stuff in the past because of it and I could actually explain why that was happening. Um, so I haven't really engaged many other people in that and even, even my mum, you know, because of the timing of her death and the timing of when I kind of worked it out myself, it's not something I ever got to talk to her about or really understand whether it was something that she suffered or not. I'm still trying to understand if it's something that's hereditary or not, um, you know, so I'm just, I'm just not sure. It's just kind of been me working out me <laughs> bit by bit and, and here we are, yeah. Do you feel like there have been any positives that have come from being diagnosed with PMDD? Well, definitely having the diagnosis has allowed me to, you know, seek the most appropriate treatment in whatever way that was, medication, um, inner work, meditation, eating, whatever it has been for me. And that has allowed me, like I said before, to really feel like I'm living and not just surviving. Like it's massive. That's it. If I look at the, the two ways I used to live and the way I live now, it's so different. So, yes, it's just it's allowed me to find an answer for me. Um, and I think just that awareness as well, bringing awareness to, to others. So, yeah, lots of positive in that way. Mm. Where is your PMDD now? Like what are your symptoms? Do you feel anything? Do you feel some shifts? Like explain that Mm. to me. Yeah, I definitely feel shifts. And, look, if I forget my medication, which sometimes I do, like I might forget it for more than a couple of days in a row, then sometimes I'll I'll feel it harder. But generally speaking, I, I feel like, it would just be a normal PMS. So, you know, I might get sore breasts and I might just feel a little bit grumpy. Sometimes I feel a bit tearier than other times. Um, I, I always get the foggy mind and the forgetfulness, but it's very manageable. Mm. You know, and I notice then I can get on with everyday life. Like it might just be a couple of days where I'm just, you know, quite off, um, but it's so much more manageable. It's, it's not a hell week or hell's, hell weeks at all. So, yeah, very manageable. You spoke also about that you are currently a self-love coach. Did I get that right? Yeah, so I call myself a self-healing coach and facilitator and really what that just means is that I, you know, nobody's broken in the sense of healing but I just help you to get back to get back to listening to your your inner soul, you know, your knowing of who you are um, and just feeling at ease with yourself. Yeah, so you can call me what you want, life, you know, life coach, whatever. <laughs> we, because obviously we have spoken prior to this recording, mm. and I did ask you. I said, "Do you have any clients with PMDD?" And you actually said no. So I yeah. have a feeling that now <laughs> that you may actually attract some. So if there was someone yeah. out there listening that is resonating and would like to further chat with you. Mm. How would they get in touch with you? Absolutely. Well, look, you can go. I have a Facebook page. And so my Facebook page is just Kate Smith. Um, I have an Instagram, 
which I'm pretty sure is kate.smith09. You can definitely do that. Um, You could... um, you could definitely get in contact with Adriana as well, and I'm sure she'll forward me a message to message you. But yeah, I you know working with women is my passion of getting women back to the true essence of them. And when you asked me about do I work with women with PMDD, I said no, not that I'm aware of anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and it was kind of putting all those dots together as well that it's truly something for me doing this inner work that I feel has helped because we all have different layers of shit to clear, you know. <laughs> We all do. We all have our own stories and no matter how different it is to the next person's stories, those emotions are real for you. And getting rid of those old emotions and limiting beliefs about yourself that don't serve you any longer really does help. I don't have that old shit to yell at my husband about every month now, (laughs) you know, because I've dealt with it in a much more productive manner and it's not there. Yes, new emotions will come up, new things come up. But just in in my life in general, I have strategies to cope um, with challenges and I have strategies to listen to myself better, listen to my inner knowings better. So it helps. It has to help on every level. So, yeah, I would love anyone to reach out that wants to know a bit more about that and how they can help themselves. Yeah. Totally. I will um, put all of those links and everything in the show notes as well so people can access Great. Great. Thank you. Kate, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you. Again, so courageous and so brave to share your story. I'm I'm really grateful and I, I know wholeheartedly that we will be connecting further in the future. So thank you for coming on. Thank you, Adriana. It's been a pleasure and thank you to all those that have listened. And I just want to reiterate again that, you know, you are not PMDD and there is no failure, only feedback on your journey. So, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode has resonated with you. Stay up to date with the podcast by hitting the subscribe or follow button. And lastly, my ultimate mission with this podcast is to raise awareness about PMDD. So if you know someone that may benefit from hearing this content, then please share with them. To connect with me, my email is the PMDD podcast at gmail.com or Instagram at adriana.fudge. Much love and thank you for tuning in. Look forward to chatting with you soon.